Thanks for tuning in to the second season of Let the Truth Talk. My name is Tara. And my name is Tandia. This season, we will be talking about some common misconceptions around sexual violence in our society. These misconceptions can prevent victims from speaking out, seeking help, and holding perpetrators responsible for the assault. When dismantling the myths around sexual violence, the facts should always come first. Getting the facts and dismantling these myths are an important step in ending sexual violence and finding ways to best support survivors of sexual violence. Follow along with us as we break down the myths and the truths of sexual violence. We would like to honor and acknowledge the traditional lands of Treaty 7, upon which YWCA Banff is located. We recognize that we have a responsibility to understand our history and the spirit and intent of Treaty 7 so that we can honor the past, be aware of the present, and build a just and caring future. Before we get started, we just wanted to give a listener's note. While we're talking about sexual violence, the topic of sex, sexual assault, and other forms of violence are brought up in our conversations. Listener discretion is advised. Today's truth. Sexual assault is never an accident. It's an intentional choice. Our culture has become accustomed to blaming victims for abuse rather than the perpetrator. Uh, And consent isn't complicated. No, and I think that's perpetuated by media's response to sexual assault, whether it be a news report, a segment, or even uh, comments on social media when we see an assault. The what were they wearing? They were drunk. It was their choice. It was all things that we're just sitting here rolling our eyes at knowing that's not true. However, we're here today to dispel that myth. Yeah, I was. I saw a post recently. It was an art exhibit, um, all the, and it was um, survivors' outfits at the time of their assaults and what that response was. And there were things like jeans and a t-shirt and little dresses and dresses from five-year-old girls and everyone got the same response of, so what were you wearing that day? And if someone threw a ball at me, they wouldn't ask me what I was wearing. And if I, deserved it or if I brought it on to myself. No, they threw a ball at me. It's it's their fault. So why can't that same logic be applied to sexual violence? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do know is that sexual violence is a power-based crime. It's not necessarily about sex or sexual gratification. This is about dominating through power. And with that, we know that vulnerable populations are more at risk to sexual violence because of that power-based crime. So young Canadians are more likely to experience sexual assault. The rate for sexual assault for them for ages, for Canadians age 15 to 24 is 18 times higher than that of a Canadian's age 55 and older. Um, 82% of all victims of sexual assault under the age of 18 are female, and girls under the age of 18 report a rate of sexual violence almost five times higher than boys under the age of 18. Uh, We do know that women with disabilities and those who are institutionalized, Aboriginal women, single women, and women who are unemployed or have low incomes are at heightened risk of sexual assault. 
sexual assaults account for 33% of all crimes committed against Aboriginal women and 10% of all crimes committed against non-Aboriginal women. Uh, disabled women, they experience sexual violence about three times higher the rate of non-disabled women. Um, and out of the total number of seniors who are sexually assaulted by a family member, 96% are women. So the trend with all of these, we went kind of all over the place with these stats, but what we're seeing is that the rates of intersectionality, like how many levels are you into a minority, the more you have, the more at risk you are. So women are more at risk than men, although it does happen to men. If you are a Aboriginal woman, you are more of a minority than a Caucasian woman, and you have a higher risk. Um, Something that we talk to our community a lot about this triangle of violence. Um, and a lot of it is just comes down to these isms um, where someone has a core belief that they can dominate their power because they think it's their inherent right that they are better than another person with these certain kind of beliefs. So this might be uh, sexism, uh, racism, uh, homophobia, classism, ableism, um, thinking that your religious beliefs makes you better than a person with other religious beliefs. Uh, any kind of these thoughts um, that play into this power imbalance, a person believing that they have a right to take away power from someone else because of their own beliefs. Yeah, and, and going back to that triangle of violence, Tara, we know that we can it's easier to stop it at the bottom. So with those beliefs, if we catch ourselves or catch others in those sexist jokes, in those homophobic jokes, in those racist jokes, stop them there. Because then it doesn't have a chance to build on it and in increase the violence to a point that we don't want it to get to. Um, yeah, and it's so unfortunate that with these intrinsic, with these beliefs that we have, it's not those holding the beliefs that suffer, it's those that experience the beliefs that do. So um, with victim blaming, going back to sexual assault, um, the person that is being victim blamed, they experience psych psychological responses um, to trauma uh, for it, like such as denial, um, telling themselves they're overreacting and their salt wasn't a big deal, guilt, shame, questioning their own actions and behavior, embarrassment, blaming themselves for the abuse, or feeling like they didn't do enough to resist. And that's not fair. No, and I think that that one reason the Me Too movement really took off was because finally uh, victims of sexual violence had this voice and this support network throughout the world knowing that they were not alone and finally people were starting to listen. Whereas prior, it was kind of like calling out into the wind. Um, this happened to me, but there would be so much gaslighting and victim blaming and all these other things that the, the victim may have felt like, oh my God, was it actually my fault? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you know someone or, or you yourself has ex have experienced it, you're not alone. There are so many people have experienced it and whatever it was, however it happened, whatever you did or you didn't do, you did everything you needed to in that moment and it's not your fault. It's always the fault of the perpetrator. 
Consent isn't complicated. When someone wants to stop and the other person wants to continue, the burden is entirely on the person who wants to continue. If you want to find out more information about where our stats came from or information on resources as to how to find support for yourself or a survivor, uh, it will all be in our show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Please let us know what you think of this episode in the comments and what you'd like to be featured in future seasons. Remember to like and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. And if you like what we're doing, please share our podcast. You can find us at harmonyproject.ca or send us an email at yps at ywcabanff.ca. The Harmony Project's diverse stakeholders, through expertise and experience, are working together to end sexualized violence in the Bow Valley. The Harmony Project is funded by the Ministry of Community and Social Services on behalf of the Government of Alberta.